It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand, and tomorrow is the first day of spring. And this week, for show number 104, for the week of March 19th, 2015, we are keeping it magical, fun, and all kinds of things as you're getting ready for that spring television to just continue to kick off as all your favorite shows are hitting the small screen. And this week, to celebrate show number 104, we have a very special guest. You know him from such shows like Last Man Standing, movies like Planes, Air Bud 2, classic American TV shows like American Dreams, and also for your Disney XD fans with Hulk and the Agents of Smash, we have none other than Jonathan Adams here. Yes, Jonathan Adams, voiceover actor and actor, who's currently on the hit TV show Last Man Standing, as well as voices many characters on Hulk and the Agents of Smash, is going to be stopping in and talking about his career, acting, being part of these great television shows, working on films like Planes, and maybe some fun stories on the side. And Jonathan's going to stop in and share all of that with all of you D-heads. In addition, no show would be complete, as I always say, without the D-team. And you have questions, and he has answers. And Aaron is going to dip his hand in that virtual mailbag and answer all your questions in I Want to Know. We also have a look back at what happened this week in Disney history with our very own Nathan. And what's going on down at the Walt Disney World Resort this week? Well, we have that for you too with WDW and 2 with our very own Caitlin. And let's not forget to dip our hands into the vault with another Disney DVD and Blu-ray to add to your collection as Jason is heading down into the vault and uncovering that for you. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-wire from the parks, Blu-rays, jewelry, merchandise, the Disney Channel, Star Wars, and many other things. So before I officially kick off this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused vacation club points from vacation club members. And stay at the best Walt Disney World resorts like the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, Animal Kingdom, and more just by purchasing those unused points. And definitely check them out at DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, tomorrow is the first day of spring. We just wrapped up St. Patrick's Day, so let's officially kick off show number 104 for the week of March 19th, 2015, by following in Walt's footsteps, because he would be proud and he would agree. From movies, television, to the parks, it's just like we dreamed it. Let's officially kick off this week's show, and I'll be right back, D-heads. Come a little closer, come a little closer, turn another page Ooh. into the story.
dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Write down that. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, head of the Walt Disney Company. Over the next two hours, we are going to enjoy some of the greatest moments in Disney television history. We'll see rare clips from Disney's first color broadcast, The Wonderful World of Color. We'll visit the original Mickey Mouse Club and relive the adventures of Davy Crockett. We'll go beyond the scenes of Disney television and see dazzling technical innovations and magical special effects. We'll listen to timeless Disney music and revisit some of our favorite Disney stars. And once again, we'll be reminded of the genius of Walt Disney. So if you're ready, let's go back to those simple days when television had only three channels, the picture was black and white, and Sunday night meant Disney. Sorry I kept you waiting. I forgot my box of junk. And now your host, Kirstie Alley. Welcome to Disneyland. You know, when I was a little girl, I wanted to marry Walt Disney. Because then I could live in Disneyland and I could have it all to myself. Well, tonight I do. Between 1946 and 1964, the number of children in America doubled. As babies boomed, so did Disney on television. And for many of us, it made the growing pains a little easier. Sunday night was family night, remember? Finishing your homework, trying to get out of doing the dishes. It all had to be done by the stroke of seven because that's when we gathered together in the living room and the wonderful world of Disney took us on a magic carpet ride. This is Jonathan Adams. You are listening to Disney On Demand. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 104 for the week of March 19th, 2015, and we have a lot of great things on the horizon, a lot of fun things, as we have the one and only Jonathan Adams, voice actor and TV personality, stopping in here at the show. We know him from Last Man Standing, Disney's Planes, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, Air Bud 2, American Dreams, and Jonathan is going to be stopping in here very shortly and, uh, you know, having some fun with us, and, and let's see if there's a connection between him and Chuck Larrabee on ABC's Last Man Standing. I'm curious to see if there's some kind of common ground in personalities. So all of you D-heads, with that said, there is tons of news hot off the D-wire. So before I jump into news, I do want to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. 
www.thepassionshow.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete news archives, our latest news blogs, our complete podcast archive, and our popular Lifetime of Disney player right there on the official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow our brand new and join up with our Diz Radio D-Wire discussion group, our all-new public group, because you guys have asked for forums and other things. We decided let's make a Facebook group. So you can find the Diz Radio D-Wire discussion group right there on Facebook as well. And remember, you can always connect up with us on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, you can also subscribe to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device. You can stream it and more and stay connected here at the show. So with that said, all of you D-heads, let's officially kick off news hot off the D-wire. And since tomorrow is that first day of spring and we're talking about Magical and Walt from television, films, and more... How about Cinderella? Yes, and it is a Cinderella story because everybody knows the live-action Cinderella has officially hit the theaters. Now, here's the thing. It has gotten a lot of different reviews. Many people are saying, why are they making this? Why didn't they change the story? Well, here's the thing. Cinderella is a classic tale. Forget about your woman empowerment or how we need to change this or twist that or whatever. It is just a classic fun story. And it is because of that that Cinderella is now the number one movie in the world. Not just America in the world because it is a universal story. It is something that everybody loves. So all the naysayers out there or people who call themselves Disney purists, which truthfully, if you're a Disney purist, you'd be open to change, evolution, new things because that's what Walt would do. But with that said, it shows you that Disney knows what they're doing. It is the number one movie in the world this last week. So Cinderella, the number one movie, and it, you know, seriously, with so many different live actions on the horizon, I I will honestly say I'm not a fan of always remaking their animated features as live action. But this goes to show you that their formula does work. And my own daughter, Allie, went and saw it this last weekend and loved it. So that right there shows that it still has the appeal. She loves it. And, you know, hopefully I can get around here to do a review for all of you D-heads. But Cinderella, the number one movie in the world this last week. Now, also this last week, now normally I leave this week in Disney history to Nathan. You know, he's the one that takes that look back in the Disney company. And I'm sure he'll mention this one later on in the show. But this week in 1967, the Pirates of the Caribbean officially opened. I had to mention this because it is one of the most popular attractions at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Everybody loves Pirates of the Caribbean, and this week in 1967, the attraction officially opened. Now, I have to ask all of you D-heads out there, are you one of those who love the, uh, I guess, one of the three versions? And you're saying, three versions? Well, there was the original, Then there was a time they changed it where the women were chasing the pirates and then the latest additions with Captain Jack Sparrow. So where do you lie in this? Which version of the Pirates of the Caribbean do you love? Now I do have to say, no matter which version you love, adding Captain Jack Sparrow did save the attraction from becoming very dated and classic. So this week, 1967, the Pirates of the Caribbean officially opened. Now pushing right along here, since we are talking about the Caribbean, let's talk about something that's kind of Disney, kind of not Disney, but it definitely includes the open sea. And how about Princess Cruises unveiling the industry-first partnership with Oscar-winning composer Stephen Schwartz? Yes, Princess Cruises announced this week a first-of-its-kind cruise industry partnership 
with three-time Oscar winner and composer of Wicked, Pippin, Godspell, Stephen Schwartz. Now that name is not a mystery with any Disney fan. Now the cruise line's new relationship with such major creative talent from Broadway and Hollywood includes a multi-year agreement to oversee creative development of four new musicals to debut across the fleet over the next several years. Now during his 40-year career, Stephen Schwartz has won four Grammy Awards and three Academy Awards for Best Song and Best Score for Pocahontas and Best Song for the Prince of Egypt and has been nominated for six Tony Awards. He is the only songwriter in Broadway history to ever have three shows running more than 1,900 performances. Now his first musical, Four Princess Cruises, are going to celebrate Schwartz's lifelong fascination with magic. It's going to be called Magic To Do. Now the show will combine thrilling magic with some of Schwartz's most famous songs and a brand new song written exclusively for Princess Cruises. Now the show will debut aboard the Crown Princess this coming fall. Now as they have publicly announced, Stephen is hands down one of the most talented and accomplished Broadway composers of our time and we couldn't be more honored to partner with him to bring this fresh talent together and create memorable entertainment experiences for our guests at Jan Schwartz, Princess Cruises president. Princess is known for introducing product innovations and we are thrilled to embark on this extraordinary new live show entertainment unlike any other cruise line has been offered before. Now this is definitely something that is different. Now what it seems like is they're trying to bring up their game much like the Disney Cruise Lines already do with great shows, entertainment and more. And come on, many of us know Princess Cruises from the Love Boat. Right? We all, all right. You're not familiar with the love? The love bow. All right, that was really bad singing. Really bad singing. But anyways, that's how many of us know about the Princess Cruises. Right, Aaron? Right, Jason? Come on. I know you guys are with me here on the D-Team. But as Stephen Schwartz had said, I am excited about the possibility of using the enormous resources available with Princess to create new and innovative theatrical entertainment. Now, he's going to see the creative development for all four shows, bringing together all kinds of Broadway talent to support the productions through direction and design. Now, the Magic To Do team includes Don France, associate producer of The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. That right there shows you that they are tying this together with quality entertainment. Now, auditions for Magic To Do begin next week in New York and Toronto, followed by Los Angeles and Vancouver. So they are doing the wide search for the best talent. Now, Schwartz will participate in the audition process, helping source top talent and performance for the 45-minute show, and more information if you want to audition for this is going to be taking place at playbill.com slash jobs slash job underscore detail slash 343715. And you're like, I'm not going to remember that. Fear not, it is in our latest news feeds on DizRadio.com. And you can find out more about Princess's new partnership with Stephen Schwartz at Princess.com slash Schwartz. Now pushing along here, let's get into something that's in the palm of your hands. Something that I love to do. Currently, I'm going back in time to 1997 with my 7-year-old son as we've been reading the Galaxy of Fear Star Wars books every night before he goes to bed. Well, Disney Publishing Worldwide has now announced Journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens publishing program set for fall 2015. Yes, Disney Publishing Worldwide and Lucasfilm announced this last week that the global Journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens publishing program is slated for fall 2015 for a complete rollout. Now, the ambitious, multifaceted program is going to build excitement leading up to the December 18th theatrical release of Star Wars The Force Awakens. And it's going to include all kinds of subtle hints and clues that will only be fully understood 
once the movie hits the theaters. Now, more than 20 titles featuring new narrative stories for the middle grade and young adults, as well as comics, are going to have a variety of different things, including look and finds, sticker books, and many other formats released. Now, this is going to be released in over 36 countries by participating publishers. Now, many of the titles, Journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens program, are set to publish in print and digital formats and will be available this fall wherever books and ebooks are going to be sold. Now, their official release says, We are thrilled to be developing content for fans of this epic saga across the globe, said Andrew Sugarman, executive vice president of Disney Publishing Worldwide. The robust publishing program will appeal to a range of fans, old and new, across all formats, from comics to novels to apps, making this one of the most exciting and collaborative collection of stories that we've ever seen to date. Now, Disney and Lucasfilm has worked closely with its prominent Star Wars licenses, such as Del Rey, DK, and Marvel, Phoenix International Publications, and more to bring these all-new stories to life. Now, the novels for young adults will be focusing on Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia. Now, they're going to be published by Disney Lucasfilm Press in North America and distributed internationally. Now, the young adult novels have notable talent attached, including Cecil, who has written great stories like Tin Star, and many other New York best-selling authors that are going to be involved with this as well. Now, some of the titles for Journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens are going to be Star Wars Aftermath, which will be the first. There's going to be Lost Stars, Smuggler's Run, a Han Solo adventure, The Weapon of a Jedi, a Luke Skywalker adventure, Moving Target, a Princess Leia adventure, Star Wars, absolutely everything you need to know, Star Wars Journey to the Force Awakens, and Star Wars Journey to the Force Awakens, C-3PO, and Star Wars Ships of the Galaxy. Now, these are just some of the titles that are going to be released. I think it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun. It's going to be engaging. And like they said, the filmmakers have a lot of surprises in store. And the hints and puzzle pieces in the publishing program will keep fans guessing until the film opens. Until then, let the anticipation and speculation begin, said Michael, director and creative franchise of Lucasfilm and Disney Publishing worldwide. Now this right here says more than just publishing and books. It answers many of our questions. The Force Awakens will not get a summer release. Right there, it says it. If they are doing this to build up for fall, it's not getting that summer release. So there we have it. We have our answer and have some great books to tide us over in the time. If you want to find out more about this, you can always stay tuned at StarWars.com. Now, we were talking about Cinderella earlier on in the show here, about how it's the number one movie in America, and attached to Cinderella is Frozen Fever. Now, the new original song, Making Today a Perfect Day, is featured in the new animated short, Frozen Fever. Now, Frozen Fever welcomes back the big screen voices that help bring Frozen to life, making the song Making Today a Perfect Day ideal. Now, beginning this week for a limited time, the track is going to be exclusively available on iTunes at iTunes.com slash Frozen Fever. Now, this is for a limited time download purchase only. Now, many of the people that are involved with this is Kristen Bell, who once again lends her voice to Anna, and we also have Indina Menzel, who also returns as the voice of Elsa. We have Jonathan Groff once again as Kristoff and John Gad, who provides the voice of the unforgettable snowman in Olaf. Now, the all-new song for the short was written by Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, and it was composed by Christopher Beck, who provides the score. Now, in Frozen Fever, it's Anna's birthday, and Elsa and Kristoff are determined to give her the best celebration ever, but when Elsa catches a cold, her powers may put more than just a party at risk. The tale is told musically with making today a perfect day, and Kristen Bell, Indina Menzel, Jonathan Groff, and Josh Gad lend their 
their voices to this original song. Now, according to the songwriters, Making Today a Perfect Day showcases Elsa's great desire to surprise Anna all while battling an ever-worsening cold. Now, as they have said, I think on some deep level, says Lopez, she knows she wouldn't be doing this party. She should be in bed, but Elsa is fierce and for her love of sister is fierce as well. So the song has to be really intense to drive it up especially during the piano. Now, this is a great new short. I mean, it's attached with Cinderella. It's directed by Christopher Buck and Jennifer Lee, and it's produced by Peter Del Vecco and Amy Scribner and executive produced by John Lasseter. Now, Frozen Fever has opened this last week on March 13th in front of Cinderella, and the soundtrack for Cinderella is also available on CD. Now, like I said, for a limited time, if you do want to get this track, it is available at iTunes.com slash Frozen Fever. Now, moving away from movies, but I guess keeping it all connected. And when we talk about birthdays, you talk about getting gifts and all those things, uh, all the gifts in the horizon and presents. And let's also talk about spring, with spring being tomorrow. And how about Pandora introducing the new spring 2015 Disney Jewelry Collection? Yes, Happily Ever After begins this season as Pandora Jewelry unveils its new spring 2015 Disney Jewelry Collection. Now, inspired by the iconic love stories and enchanting fairy tales, Pandora's latest release adds 60 new jewelry items, including beautifully crafted earrings, rings, pendants, and charms to the Disney Jewelry Collection. A celebration of some of the most beloved Disney Princess characters, the new collection features all kinds of inspired classic fairy tales, including Cinderella, Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, and The Little Mermaid. Now, they have many hand-finished sterling silver and enamel gowns, as well as tiara danglers and many other glass charms for the sweet reminder that dreams can come true. Now, Disney is Frozen, which won an Academy Award and has quickly become a modern classic, inspired nine new designs found within the 60 design collection. Now, an intricate let it charm celebrates the optimism and embracing life with an open heart with elegant crystal-like motifs sterling silver from frozen snowflakes and open charms and the frozen snowflake dangler make eye-catching additions to bracelets and necklaces together now it's nothing i'd wear but it's definitely something i'd get for all the women in my life now as they have released pandora's spring 2015 collection gives us an opportunity to connect with all those women who still believe in fairy tales said ford chief marketing officer of pandora america the collection is both elegant in design and whimsical in nature, allowing the wearer to express multiple facets of her personality through her unique choice of jewelry. Now, the iconic characters Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse continue to inspire new jewelry items in the Spring 25 collection. There's a sophisticated interpretation of Mickey's classic silhouette that's showcased on sparkling sterling silver called Dazzling Mickey. Now, this jewelry collection has many different levels of this for the most expensive to the least, and the new collection do start at $35. Now, if you'd like a complete list of all 60 items found within this Pandora collection, you can find that at Pandora.net. Now, pushing right along in news here, all of you D-Huds, let's get back to the smaller screen and television. And how about Disney Channel original movies? Now, everybody has fond memories of Disney Channel original movies, no matter what era you are from. But how about Moan Davis getting her very own Disney Channel original movie? Now, you're like, who the heck? is Moan Davis. Well, the Little League World Series hero Moan Davis is getting a new chance to shine in the spotlight in this time on the Disney Channel original movie. Now, the Disney Channel announced this last week that a made-for-TV movie about the pitcher called Throw Like Mo is in development. Now, Davis will serve as a consultant on the movie, which does not immediately have a release date. 
There are so many great things happening for me right now, and it's a very exciting time in my life, said Davis in a current statement. A year ago, I never would have thought that Disney Channel would make a movie about me. I can't wait to get started, and I hope it will encourage other viewers to believe in dreams and believe that dreams really do come true. Now, Davis has also published a book called Remember My Name and launched a line of sneakers for a charity as well. But now you can find out more about this little league veteran, and I know all about it because, come on, I coach baseball for my boys, and Moan Davis getting her very own Disney Channel original movie. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to take a break here. We do have more news on the horizon. We also have questions. He has answers. And Aaron's going to stop in and answer all those questions with I Want to Know. We also have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDWN2 with our very own Caitlin. And we have many other things on the horizon as we gear up and continue this trek through Disney television, films, and history as we have Jonathan Davis, voice actor and TV personality, stopping in here very shortly to talk about great things like planes, Last Man Standing, Airbud 2, and many other things, including you Disney XD fans with Hulk and the Agents of Smash. So I'm going to release the reins to the D team, but before I do that, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is proudly sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And stay at the best Walt Disney World resorts like the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, Animal Kingdom, and more just by purchasing those unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And that's all at dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D team, and when I come back, we have more news hot off the D wire, so let's keep this show rolling, and let's keep the fun in hand. Be right back, all VD heads. It has a country feel. Is that Tower of Power? <laughs> Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, the greenest state in the land of the free. Raised in the woods, so's he knew every tree. Killed him a bear when he was only three. David, David Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Well, somebody had to map it. Fought single-handed through many a war, till the enemy was whipped and peace was in store. And while he was handling this risky chore, he made himself a legend forevermore. David, David Crockett, the man knew no fear. So romantic. Now he gets responsible. Went off to Congress and served as well, fixing up the government <laughs> and the laws as well. Took over Washington, so I heard tell, and he patched up the crack in the Liberty Bell. David, 
Somebody to take down the tent. Um, oh, uh, I don't. Did they have zippos then? Lighting the campfire. And, uh, quite hard to find sausages in the frying pan. He also had that extraordinary hat. Remember that hat? Made out of some sort of animal, raccoon, I think, stripey, sort of stripey. I remember singing this song when I was very little. A stripy tail on his hat. Very, very strange look. <laughs> Jungle TV is on the air for a half hour of music and dancing inspired by the classic animated film The Jungle Book. And now, here's your hostess for tonight's reunion bash, downtown Julie Brown. Well, we're here for a party tonight, and we're so glad you can join us. Hi, I'm downtown Julie Brown, and here I am at Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. And we're here, we're here for a grand reunion party! Why? Because Disney's classic, The Jungle Book, is going back in the theaters. It's been missing for a long, long time. But now, it's back, and we're having a party for it. So we've got a half hour of animation, dance, music, and a whole lot more right here on Jungle TV. Hey! Hit the beat! That's right. Get ready to rock as downtown Julie Brown welcomes and parties with the stars of the Jungle Book. Baloo, the amiable bear. King Louie, the crazy ape. Shere Khan, the man-eating tiger. Bagheera, the lovable panther. Ka, the wily python. And Mowgli, the man-cub. Plus, from the hit show The Mickey Mouse Club, the Mouseketeers. Dancing to new songs inspired by the movie. It's the Disney Dancer. They're all here, along with classic animated clips, as Jungle TV presents the Jungle Book Reunion. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. It's that time again to answer some more of your great questions. I want to encourage all you D-Heads out there 
to email me questions directly at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. This will ensure that I get your questions quickly and will give me a chance to interact with you more. Thanks a lot. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Ray, and he writes, Diz Radio and Aaron, my question is about some of the unknown or less explored characters from Disney. I was wondering if you could tell me more on Bonkers, as well as Cyril Proudbottom, and some of the Wuzzles. Well, these are all great characters. Bonkers D. Bobcat, voiced by Jim Cummings, is an overly energetic and hyperactive cartoon bobcat that works in the Toon Division of the Hollywood Police Department. Once a big-name cartoon star for Wacky Toon Studios, he was fired due to his show being bumped out of first place in the ratings. He was introduced to law enforcement when he unknowingly saved cartoon celebrity Donald Duck from a park mugger, mostly due to the help of Officer Lucky, but he was given full credit for the mugger's capture. For his actions, he received the Citizen of Valor Award by the police chief. Bonkers, while soaking in the praise, told the chief about how his experience starring in police cartoons helped in the capture of the mugger. The chief mistook his fictional tales as real-life, worldwide police accounts, and thinking that Bonkers would be a benefit to the police force, asked if the former cartoon star would like a job working for the Hollywood PD which Bonkers accepted because of his recent unemployment. Bonkers then requested Lucky as his partner, and the two established the beginning of the Toon Division. Well, Cyril Proudbottom is J. Thaddeus Toad's horse in Disney's 1949 short, The Wind in the Willows, a segment of the 1949 feature film, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Then he played Donald Duck's horse in Mickey's Christmas Carol, but didn't speak. Then he made a cameo appearance with brown fur during the final scene with the tunes in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He also appeared in statue form in Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, holding up Toad. And let's go to the Wuzzles. Let's do about three of those characters. Bumble Lion, voiced by Brian Cummings. He's half Bumblebee and half Lion. Bumble Lion is mostly Lion in appearance. He's a short, squat, orange-furred creature with a pink mane, fuzzy antennas, a lion's tail, small insect wings, and horizontal brown stripes up his tummy. He lives in a beehive, likes sports, is courageous, and has a crush on Butterbear. Butterbear, voiced by Kathleen Helpi, She's half bear, half butterfly. Butterbear is mostly bear in appearance. She has yellow fur with a white tummy, large wings that the other wuzzles, and short antenna with flowers on their end. She's a keen gardener who is gentle and patient, despite the crazy adventures of her friends. And then there's Ellaroo, who's voiced by Henry Gibson. He's half elephant, half kangaroo. One of the larger Wuzzles, Ellaroo, is purple with the body, shape, and tail of a kangaroo and an elephant's trunk and ears. His horizontally striped pouch, Ellaroo has trouble remembering what he stores in his pouch. 
He's sweet but accident disaster prone. He and Bumble Lion are best friends. Boy, this is a great show. Well, our next question is from Elizabeth Relling of Montana, and she writes, A while back, I began watching more of the Disney classics and also many Disney TV specials. One was called Magical Magic Kingdom or Magic in the Magic Kingdom or something like that. It had a bunch of magicians doing tricks with a huge trick at the end. Is it available on DVD anywhere? I watched it from an old VHS and I'm not even sure when it originally aired. Any information would be wonderful. Well, the show you're referring to is called Magic in the Magic Kingdom, which aired February 12, 1988. Lance Burton, Harry Anderson, Morgan Fairchild, John Ratzenberger were some of the guests to join comic legend George Burns for some wit and wizardry. Among the tricks, escape artist Dean Gunnerson, who George Burns referred to as the new Houdini, escaped from a shark cage submerged in the submarine lagoon. The Pendragons performed a 360-degree levitation with Charlotte flying and flipping around Jonathan. And for the finale of the program, Siegfried and Roy made Sleeping Beauty Castle disappear. Unfortunately, it was never released on DVD, but boy, I sure love to see this special again. Well, our final question this week is from Jerry Helm of Chicago, Illinois, and he writes, D-Team and I want to know, my question is for Aaron. I'm a huge Tim Allen fan. I know he does buzz, but what other Disney things has he done? Did he ever go to Disney on Home Improvement? Wasn't there a Home Improvement show at Hollywood Studios? I think I heard some people tell me that once. Thank you so much. Well, Tim Allen is one of my favorite actors. Timothy Allen Dick, better known as Tim Allen, was born June 13, 1953. In 1991, Allen made a Disney debut in the Touchstone Pictures television program, Home Improvement. That was a great show. His first movie was a was as Scott Calvin in the 1994 film Santa Claus. The success of this film allowed him to reprise his role in the film's following two sequels, Santa Claus 2 in 2002 and the Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause in 2006. In 1995, Alan's theatrical fame skyrocketed when he claimed his role as Buzz Lightyear the first Toy Story film starring alongside Tom Hanks. He later reprised his role as Lightyear in 1999 and most re- recently in 2010. All three gained universal acclaim from film critics and Toy Story 3 became the first animated film in history to gross over $1 billion in international revenue. Prior to the release of the third film, Alan returned to his role as Buzz Lightyear for the 2000 spin-off direct-to-DVD film Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. In 1997, he starred in Jungle to Jungle as Michael Cromwell. In 2006, he landed a leading role as Dave Douglas in The Shaggy Dog. In 2011, he returned to television in the ABC family sitcom Last Man Standing. I love watching this show. He portrays Mike Baxter, a man who starts making videos of his outdoor man, marketing to bring up the profits for his job. He narrated the 2012 Disney Nature documentary film Chimpanzee. 
He also played Elliot Arnold in the 2002 Touchstone Pictures film Big Trouble and Doug Madsen in the movie Wild Hogs. Back in the day of the MGM, Disney MGM Studios, there was the Backstage Pass, a 25-minute walking tour that, act- that took you through actual sound stages that gave a guest a first-hand look at real movie and TV production. On the second stop of the tour was a recreation of the set of Home Improvement. In addition to getting a bird's eye view of the furnishings from a catwalk above, one member of the tour group was selected to participate in a demonstration of blue screen technology. The guest was virtually inserted into a scene from the show and broadcast on monitors giving the appearance that he or she was acting opposite Tim Allen. So as you can see, Tim Allen is an important part of Disney. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions keep them coming. Make sure and send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. And now... Sony proudly presents... Live from the Disney MGM Studios, it's Superstar Television! Don't touch that dial! It's television history in the making on Superstar Television. Superstar Television, featuring your favorite stars, your favorite shows, and you, the talented members of our studio audience. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's set our clocks back to 7.59 a.m. July 18th, 1955, as Superstar Television begins its broadcast day. This is Superstar Television, Channel One. Greetings from your old voice actor pal, Corey Burton. (laughs) And you're listening to Disney On Demand. We're in the land of words, they're having twice the fun. Cause every single thing is really two in one. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And when you add it up, you get a lot. Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. As I announced last week, Frozen Summer Fun Live will be coming back to Hollywood Studios from June 17th through September 7th, so if you haven't had a chance to experience it yet, you're in luck. 
Twice a day you can catch a royal cavalcade down the streets of the studios, and several times a day Olaf and friends will have a little summer fun on the event stage. The Frozen sing-along celebration will move into the Hyperion Theater and will feature some all-new effects and appearances by everyone's favorite, Anna, Elsa, and Kristoff. Every evening, you can enjoy a dance party with DJ Chill and some of your favorite Disney characters at the event stage. And of course, the Frozen Fireworks Spectacular will be back as the grand finale event each night. Big news for the Be Our Guest restaurant in the Beast Castle. Starting this week, they'll be serving breakfast from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. now through June 18th. Some of the best food in the Magic Kingdom can be found in Be Our Guest, so we can only imagine this new breakfast will be impressive. Whether you're in the mood for French pastries and croissants, cured meats and cheese, or the indulgent croissant donut topped with banana caramel sauce, chocolate ganache, and whipped cream, there's bound to be something for everyone. Reservations can be made now through June 18th, and you can use your Disney dining plan. And last but not least, Planet Hollywood at Downtown Disney will be getting a complete renovation, which includes transforming it into a four-story stargazing observatory. From the outside, it says Turn of the Century, fitting with the new Disney Springs theme, and the inside will be themed to Dine Amongst the Stars, still featuring the memorabilia we love to see. They're also planning an outdoor terrace and bar called Stargazers. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget... You can fly. Disneyland After Dark. And now your host, Walt Disney. Misty marshes of the world. Prime. 
Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. It's Disney On Demand. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back once again. And thank you to the D-team of Aaron for answering all those questions. And remember, you can always email Aaron your questions directly. I know many of you D-heads out there are always sending me all of your questions. And I know I interact with all of you very often and respond to emails back and forth. But definitely connect up with Aaron and the D-team and send those emails to him directly at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. That's DIZRadio.com. And also thank you to Caitlin for the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW2. Thank you for that quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. And remember, all of you D-heads, you can connect up with the D-team on DizRadio.com. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, as we gear up and continue this trek through television, film, and more here this week, as tomorrow's the first day of spring, we just wrapped up St. Patrick's Day, and we have Jonathan Adams stopping in here very shortly. Let's continue on that trek of news hot off the D-wire, and how about Disney unveiling Cinderella's costume exhibition in London's Square? That's right, Disney unveiled this last week a spectacular free exhibition of costumes and props from their brand new Cinderella movie in London on March 19th. Moviegoer in Leicester Square will be able to experience the costumes in person straight after seeing the film, including the famous glass slippers. Yes, it is being staged by Walt Disney and Swarovski, who provided the Oscar-winning costume designer for the crystal slippers that are over 1.7 million crystals in the film. Now, of course, the project is a costume designer's dream, as they said. You know it's a fairy tale. It's predominantly women in the main characters, which is great and unusually surprising. So yes, it was a fantastic opportunity to let the imagination run wild, Powell officially said. Now, Powell explained that to achieve the right effect on screen, she decided to make the famous prop slippers from crystal instead of using glass. I spent time in the V and A in the glass department, looking at different kinds of glass, whether it's like a vase or a goblet or a chandelier, then realized that what it had to do was refract and reflect the light, therefore crystals seemed the best and obvious way to go, that she officially stated. Now, although used as props, Cinderella never actually wears the slippers in the film. They would be too delicate, but the effect of her wearing them is achieved by computer-generated graphics, of course. Now, the live-action version of this classic tale features Downton Abbey's Lily James and Game of Thrones' Richard Madden as Cinderella and her prince. Now, the cast also includes a scene-stealing performance from Oscar winner Cain Blanchett as the Wicked Stepmother. 
Now Cinderella is to be released in the UK on March 27th, coming up next week, and the exhibition is open to the public from the 21st all the way through April 10th. Since we are talking about films, let's talk about Star Wars Episode 7 once again. Now we already talked about The Force Awakens and the new books that are going to be attached with that. Well, how about Disney approaching J.J. Abrams to direct the third and final film? That's right, Disney has now officially been approaching J.J. Abrams to direct that final film in this new trilogy. That's right, he is already directing the kickoff. They've already been well in hand in doing the sequel, and now they approach J.J. Abrams once again to do the final film. Now, the word yet isn't really announced if he's accepted or thought about it. My guess is he'll probably jump on it, but it has to do with scheduling. I ultimately feel that they probably wanted him to do all three films, but of course, as a director, you're locked into projects early on and early in advance. Now, with that said, he has been pushing for a summer release. Now, I did say earlier, I don't think it's happening with this new book rollout that is happening all the way through to December. But Star Wars, the Episode 7 new trailer, as many are saying, it may be released. The newest full trailer uncovering more from the film will get released in April. Now, moving from the big screen, let's get back to the small screen here. And how about the Muppets coming back to television? Yes, the Muppets recently made a comeback on the big screen, and now they're ready to take over TV once again. Now, Disney has announced a new short-form series titled Muppet Moments that will premiere on Disney Junior starting next month. Now, they have the first new look all over the web, and Disney announced the news. They said it's targeted at children ages 2 through 7, and the short-form series will feature funny conversations and outrageously adorable moments between between young kids and characters like Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, the Great Gonzo, Fozzie the Bear, and many other characters. And subjects covered are going to include apologies, favorite foods, and even having great manners. We can expect that Gonzo does not have that. Now, other characters that are slated to appear are Animal, Beaker, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, Rolf, Bobo, and the Newsman, Rizzle, Sam Eagle, and Pepe the King Prong. Now, Bill Beretta is directing the series, and Alex Rockwell is producing, said Nancy Cantor, EVP of Original Programming for Disney Junior Worldwide. Now, as we all know, the Muppets have been part of nearly every family's life for many, many generations now. And as they said, we are delighted to bring back the fond memories of the as iconic characters for parents and to create new ones for the youngest members of the family. Muppet moments are going to highlight the Muppets doing what they do best, making kids and families laugh while showcasing compassion and having it full of heart. Our hope is that viewers are going to come and see how funny and special the Muppets really are. Now, as Kermit the Frog has stated in his statement, in show business, they say never work with kids or animals. Well, on Muppet Moments, we break the rules, and we have a lot more going on, and the results are in. It's silly and even inspiring. Now, Muppet Moments doesn't quite sound like an all-ages entertainment as adults who grew up with many of these characters and what they were hoping for with them coming back to TV. But doing what it does best. It's reintroducing these characters to an all-new generation. It's something that needs to happen to keep the franchise running on the shirt tails of, you know, the great movies that have been released and many other things. Now, the first four shorts will debut on the Disney Channel, kicking off on April 3rd at 8.25 a.m., and new shorts are going to appear every single week through Friday, May 8th. Now, you want to find out more about this, or if you want to watch them on your tablet or anything like that, you can go to the watchdisneyjunior.go 
DisneyJr.com or use the Watch Disney Junior app. Now moving along here from television, let's get back into print and even digital magazines. And how about the newest issue of Orlando Attractions Magazine has now been released and available. Yes, if you are a fan of Orlando Attraction Magazine, that goes into many things beyond just Disney, whether that's Universal and theme parks altogether and SeaWorld and of course our favorite Disney. They have the newest cover which shows the MGM Studios. Yes, I had to add the MGM in there. But Disney's Hollywood Studios without Mickey's hat. It is fantastic photography and it is on the cover. And it's a great read, and now you can get the new digital edition of the newest Orlando Attractions magazine. Now, as we're talking about many different things here, let's talk about something that was very popular on the Disney Channel and people want to see happen. How about Kim Possible? Yes, many people have great memories of Kim Possible. I myself, Kim Possible was beyond my time. I was already over that, but I am very well aware of who Kim Possible is. Now, Kim Possible is one of those shows from Disney Channel's golden age of animation that was probably one of the best shows in the early 2000s to many people who grew up during that time. Now, it eventually met its end in 2007, but now many people are asking ourselves, could, could Kim Possible become a live action movie? And the possibilities are endless. Many people have been floating this around the web. Now, Disney is not talking about this. This is just speculation of something that could happen, something that could be. That's all. That's the only thing behind this. So it's nothing that's really in the works, but I think something like this could revitalize the character, and it could be done. Something like a James Bond kind of story with younger cast, younger characters. I mean, come on. How many people grew up watching Spy Kids out there, or your kids have grown up watching Spy Kids? People loved it. This could be the newest edition of Spy Kids. So what are your thoughts? Drop into the D-Wire discussion and talk about this. And who would your cast be for the roles? So all of you D-Heads, with that said, I'm going to end news here. There's a couple more things that I did have to talk about, but you know what? We have a great show lined up. We have more from the team, as Nathan's going to be stopping in and taking a look back at what just happened with this week in Disney history. We also have Jason returning with The Vault with another Blu-ray and DVD to add to your collection. And let's not forget our very special guest here this week, as we have Jonathan Adams. You know him as Chuck Larrabee on Last Man Standing on ABC, as well as many voices in Hulk and the Agents of Smash on Disney XD, from Airbud 2 and of course Disney's planes. Jonathan Adams is going to be stopping in here very shortly as well. So all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins once again to the D team. I'm going to take a break and the next time you hear me, I'm going to have the infamous zinger, one-liner, voice actor, TV personality, and more, Jonathan Adams, here with us. Be right back, all VD heads, and take it away, Nathan.
dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that piece. A world of adventure, fantasy, and excitement where you can catch the debut of all your favorite movies and specials. Enter the exciting and magical world of Disney. And this march is full of laughs and surprises. Dean Jones, Yvette Mimieux, and Maurice Chevalier are going ape. They are beautiful. And you'll have a barrel of fun when the monkeys go home. And Kurt Russell's going bananas. I think that chimp actually likes TV. Now show business is turning into monkey business. John Ritter and Harry Morgan. Oh, no! The Barefoot Executive. From the man who created the characters you will treasure for a lifetime, to the movies that you will always remember, to the kingdoms where dreams come true, the story of the genius behind the magic. It all started with a mouse, the Disney story. All your Disney favorites and stories that'll have you howling. You'll pack in the laughs with Disney's Coyote Tales. April spells adventure on the magical world of Disney. All systems are on alert when something strange lands in the neighborhood. 2,945 miles an hour in excess of the posted limit. There goes my insurance. Beam aboard with the Space Invaders. <laughs> a Disney classic. A journey into a world that simply will amaze you. A fantasy that will astound you. Join Alice in Wonderland. One girl's search to find her father. Get your guts spilled out there if you don't know what you're doing. A story of friendship, determination, and love. John Cusack and Meredith Salinger. The Journey of Natty Gan. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. Though I already mentioned it last week in my segment, but since we celebrate the weekend before St. Patty's Day and the week of, happy St. Patrick's Day again to you and your family. Branching off that, let's begin a shamrockin' week's worth of Disney history. Starting out this week in Disney history, we begin 157 years ago in 1858, when Keppel Disney married Mary Richardson. In the following year, they will have a child named Elias, who, as we all know, becomes the future father of Walt Disney himself. In 1904... Actor J. Pat O'Malley is born in Burnley, England. His Disney credits are vast, including Robin Hood as the voice of Otto, The Jungle Book voicing both characters Colonel Hathy the Elephant and Buzzy, Mary Poppins playing various secondary roles, Son of Flubber as the sign painter, and 101 Dalmatians voicing both the Colonel and Jasper. O'Malley also voiced many of the pirates in the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction at Disneyland. In 1910, Nick Stewart, the voice of Br'er Bear in the 1946 Song of the South, is born in New York City. In 1927, Jack Lindquist, Disneyland's first advertising manager ever, who went on to become the president of Disneyland, is born in Chicago, Illinois. While an advertising manager for the Disney company, Lindquist created Disney Dollars for them. In 1948, at the 20th Academy Awards in Los Angeles, Disney won two Oscars for the film Song of the South. Ali Rubel and Ray Gilbert won their for their song Zippity Doo and actor James Baskett wins an honorary award for his heartwarming portrayal of Uncle Remus himself. 
1951, actor and 1998 Disney legend Kurt Russell, the voice of Copper in Disney's 81 release, The Fox and the Hound, is born in Springfield, Massachusetts. In 1955, actor and film director Gary Sinise, who appears in Epcot's Mission Space Attraction as Capcom, is born in Blue Island, Illinois. And also in 55, a groundbreaking ceremony took place at 11.15 a.m. in Anaheim, California for the Disneyland Hotel. In 1958, actress Holly Hunter, the voice of Helen Parr in Elastigirl and the 2004 Disney Pixar film The Incredibles, is born in Conyers, Georgia. In 1958, Walt Disney Productions releases The Shaggy Dog, which is the studio's first live-action comedy. The film centers and focuses around Wilby Daniels, who plays a teenage boy who is transformed into a sheepdog when he accidentally happens across a magical, accursed Borgia ring. This was portrayed by Tommy Kirk. In 1960, actress Vicki Lewis, the voice of Deb and Flo in Finding Nemo, is born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Two years later, in 1962, actor Matthew Broderick, the voice of adult Simba in the Disney's The Lion King series, is born in New York City. In 1967, the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction opens officially in New Orleans Square at Disneyland, California. In 1968, a wee bit of St. Paddy's Day news for you. A St. Paddy's Day parade is held for the very first time ever at Disneyland. In 1970, cinema and television actress Linda Larkin is born in Los Angeles, California. She is best known for providing the, spe- the speaking voice of Princess Jasmine in the Aladdin movie series and the spin-offs. She was also inducted as a Disney legend in the year 2011. In 1971, Disney's live-action comedy The Barefoot Executive is released. The film stars Kurt Russell as Stephen Post, an eager mailroom clerk desperate to impress his production company bosses with his clever television programming skills. In 1975, Disneyland's Mission to Mars opens in Tomorrowland. Mission to Mars is designed in cooperation with NASA, and the show replaces Flight to the Moon, which had been opened since 1967. In 1986, actress Alicia Rulin, known to high school musical fans as Kelsey Nielsen, is born in Moscow, Russia. And also, since we're on the topic of uh, Alicia Rulin, go digging through our Diz Radio archives on DizRadio.com, and we have an archive show featuring Alicia Rulin. It's a blast, and you should really listen to it. You learn a lot about High School Musical and uh, just her, her upbringing towards her career. In 1997, Disney World's Pleasure Island is transformed into Pleasure Ireland for St. Patrick's Day. The first 1,000 guests receive free party favors, and the night is filled with games including a contest to find the best Irish jig dancer. Also in 1997, the fifth and final weekend of the very first Star Wars weekends takes place at Disney MGM Studios. Moving on to 1999, Test Track officially opened at Walt Disney World's Epcot. Sponsored by General Motors, the attraction is the fastest ride ever designed at the time by Disney Imagineers. Guests can reach speeds of 65 miles an hour on the attraction. And also in 1999, the Disney Jumbo Pictures animated release, Doug's First Movie, has its premiere. In 2001, the United Kingdom Pavilion at Disney's Epcot celebrates St. Patrick's Day with special food, decorations, and entertainment. Storyteller Darby O'Gill and the Butler School of Irish Dancers perform throughout the afternoon, as well as the Rose and Crown restaurants serving traditional Irish meals such as green beer, corned beef, cabbage, Irish stew, and soda bread. In 2002, singer-songwriter Phil Collins, known for his music in Tarzan, is among the ten inducted at Disney as Disney Legends. 
And also in 2002, another rock and roller coaster debuted. This time is the grand opening at Walt Disney Studios Park, located at the Disneyland Resort, Paris, France. In 2005, the Academy Award-winning Disney Pixar animated feature The Incredibles is released on DVD. And also in 2005, Walt Disney World hosted the 2005 Doll and Teddy Bear Weekend at Epcot. And still in 2005, Disney's feature film Ice Princess opens in theaters, which stars Michelle Trachtenberg as a teen who dreams of being a champion ice skater. And one more for 2005, the Disney Channel series The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, starring identical twins Dylan and Cole Sprouse, premiered with two episodes. Episode 1 was Hotel Hangout, and Episode 2 was the fairest of them all. Moving on to 2006, and another first for Disney and Apple. High School Musical, Disney Channel's hit, became the first full-length movie ever to be sold on Apple's iTunes Music Store. In 2009, Walt Disney World guests and cast members paused to catch a glimpse of Space Shuttle Discovery's a soared over the early evening Florida sky. The seven-member crew lifted off from NASA's Kennedy Space Center at 7.43 p.m. to deliver a final set of power-generating solar array wings and a new crew member to the International Space Station. Speaking of cool events that happened at Disney World around this time, uh, if you didn't see it, the Blue Angels flew over Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom today, and it was a pretty spectacular sight. You should, you should Google that and check it out. In 2010, actor Fess Parker, the baby boomer idol in the 1950s who launched a craze for coonskin caps as Disney's Davy Crockett, passes away at the age of 85. The first installment of Davy Crockett with Buddy Ebsen as Crockett's sidekick debuted way back in December 1954 as part of the Disneyland television series. Also in 2010, one day later following his unfortunate death, the Alamo honored the life of actor Fess Parker, who again played Davy Crockett, with a tribute at the Texas Historical Shrine. And D-Heads were ending this week in Disney history in 2014 when Disney released the musical comedy Muppets Most Wanted, the sequel to the 2011 film The Muppets. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something maybe you didn't know. Have a great week. Happy St. Patrick's Day again, and see you real soon. Guess who's returning home to ABC? I'm back! Tim Allen. He's a man's man, but lately he's realizing... What happened to men? He's not in a man's world anymore. I will take the truck, you can take the minivan. <laughs> You'll take the truck, I'll drive the minivan. You're not kidding right now, are you? Where's Travis? Uh, he went to the tanning salon. Oh! You know what's the matter with the world these days? Sure, let's discuss that. What's going on? Travis said that Glee is dumb. Is that what's worrying? Is that why you're crying? What's Glee? Well, we have to move. What happened? I can explain. We might have to move. This might be hard for you to believe, but I do not need a man. You got a baby, says you needed a man once. Tim Allen returns. It is great to be back home. It's a woman's world. He just has to live in it. None of my girls are talking to me. Usually I think that's a great idea. Your girls are talking to you. You just need to listen to them. Last man standing. Are you going to meddle up until the day you die? And beyond. ABC's Last Man Standing. Coming Tuesdays this fall, 8, 7 central to ABC. Lights. Camera. 
action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are the people that you hear behind the scenes, whether that's voice work as well as on the screen with great shows like American Dreams, Justice League, as well as Last Man Standing. We have none other than Jonathan Adams here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hey, thanks Jonathan. It is our pleasure having you on. And, you know, I, I love the name. I, I love the name Jonathan. Hey, it's appropriate, you know. Smart men are named Jonathan. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Definitely. Well, you know, it is our pleasure having you on. You have a lot of great things in your resume, from voice work, television series, of course, the new hit comedy, Last Man Standing, uh, so many great things. I guess I always like to start it off the same way, is what led you down that road of acting in this as a career? Well, uh, boy... The way it really started was was a girl, actually, in seventh grade. <laughs> I um this I decided my friend Kevin told me that uh, this girl I liked was in drama club, so I decided to to go and try that. And um, there she was, and I was in drama club. The teacher liked what I was doing. I enjoyed doing drama club, and I kept at it. And uh, eventually, I decided to pursue it as a career. So there you have it. <laughs> like all great stories, it starts with a woman. Well, and and that led you down that road, then, where it, it you know, even if uh, even if you didn't, uh, you know, make that spark with that woman, now it sparked a, a fantastic career. Yes, yes, it has. I mean, I've been I've been really, really blessed for like the past, I don't know, it's over twenty years. I've been on stage, on camera, and on on doing voiceover, and it's been really satisfying. Well, you know, and when it comes to, you know, you know, being on stage and voiceover and television, do you recall that first, uh, I guess, that first gig that you got where you were like, this is it. This is exactly what I want to be doing the rest of my life, where it finally, I guess, sunk in, it sunk into your brain and you were like, this is it. This is the one. Well, uh, I started on stage and I did stage for like 13 years before I came out to L.A. in uh, 2001. And in uh, 1980-something, this is how I got my equity card. There was a show I was doing called Fences by August Wilson. And uh, I ended up going on as as an understudy for one of the leads. And uh, these were just some incredible actors, you know, John Henry Redwood, uh, Trezana Beverly. Uh, and they were just so over-the-top wonderful that um, it just really occurred to me that this this is really it. Uh, that was uh, a real moment of absolutely, like, falling in love with the career I had chosen. Well, you know, and it's always those moments, too, where you just realize it. You have this epiphany where you're like, this this is it. This is what I love to do. And, you know, many people know you from a variety of different things, whether that's video games and voice work. But, of course, also the television series American Dreams, you know, which ran from 2002 to 2005. I mean, that was a fantastic series. What was it like working on that? And how did you end up getting that role as, you know, playing Henry Walker? I love that show, man. You know. I don't know if, if any of you have ever watched, like, Parenthood, but it, it was the parenthood of uh, of the audience, <laughs> as you like to call it. And it was uh, a really just a wonderful, wonderful gig to work on. Um, Jonathan Prince, uh, the, the executive uh, producer, he, uh, I don't know, they hired me very much out of my audition through the whole audition process. Um, you know, you go through like four or five auditions to get to uh, a, a network lead, 
And um, throughout that process, I really felt like he was in my corner. And uh, once we, uh, once I booked the gig and started doing the show, it was, uh, man, truly magical, truly magical. Well, you know, and that show, like you said, it was kind of the parenthood of its time, and it was definitely groundbreaking at that moment. Is there any one episode or any one moment from working on that show that really calls out to you that uh, is still your favorite moment from that series? Man, there are just there really is so many. It's really, uh, really, really hard to to uh, to describe. I love the relationship I had with my son, uh, guy uh, actor Aaron Escarpeta. Uh, he and I just had this really wonderful chemistry. Uh, there was this really great scene I did with, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the actor now. Oh, I can't remember his name now. But, um, the one, the kid who played my nephew, the young man who played my nephew, really talented singer and actor. He was in, um, Dreamgirls, actually. He had a really big role in the, the, the movie Dreamgirls. Uh, but he, he was, you know, acting up and, 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 just really being a bad influence on 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 my kids, and I just I laid down <laughs> the law with him, and it just turned out to be just a really really good scene, really good scene, one of my favorites. Well, I mean, in that show, like you said, it was a fantastic series. I mean, I enjoyed watching that when it was airing, and that's going to lead me to some other things that you've done as well, and doing some voice work. Um, you know, because voice work does vary so much from being on screen. I guess, you know, with Hulk and the Agents of Smash, and I mean, so much other. You've been in Disney's planes. Uh, what is it like doing voice work as opposed to, you know, being on screen or on stage? What's really interesting to me about voice work is, I don't know if this is so for a whole lot of other actors, but for me, I feel like it's it's just the same amount of effort that it takes to be on screen and on stage. It, it, to me, I, I always feel like I have to concentrate everything that I'm doing into a sound, into my voice, you know, into what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. And uh, I either, either I'm doing it, you know, wrong, <laughs> and I'm just making it much too difficult on myself, or this is the way it is for a lot of people. But I, I really feel like that that work um, is just the same amount of effort as being on stage and on screen. I also feel like voice work has uh, stage work prepared me for doing uh, voice work. I feel that um, you know that uh, the the ability to to speak clearly and enunciate and then come up with different characters and, and things like that that really has uh, that is something I did on stage, which, which prepared me for being a, a voice actor. Well, I mean, and you do so many different great things with voice acting. Like I said, you know, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, and, you know, you, you've done a variety of video games, Disney's Planes. Um, you know, when working on some of these, do you ever go back and watch some of these, and, you know, you are just get lost in the moment, too, and forget it was you voicing those characters? Well, no, because I'm too self-critical, but um, <laughs> I, I'm constantly, you know, updating myself and making sure that, you know, Oh boy, I could have done this differently. I could have done that differently, and, and that um, you know that, that could drive you crazy. But no, I, I'm much too self-critical. However, I mean, I do enjoy watching those things. I did a Justice League short. I mean, Justice League movie, and I did the Planes movie, and uh, and I did um, the Hulk and the Agents of Mass Smash character. Sometimes I actually forget that's me because the voice is very different from my everyday speaking voice or anything that I do normally. So that one is uh that one is interesting to listen to. Kid Crusher Crusher Creole. 
You know, that character is totally different <laughs> from the way I talk. Well, you know, and speaking of the way you talk, too, and enunciating and doing voice work, um, how much does that vary when you're narrating? Because you do quite a bit of narration as well because you have that, you know, that low, very soft tone. I guess what is, how different of an approach is it to do narration? Again, you know, narration for me is um, it's, it's, it's a lot different. Um, I feel like on camera or on stage, well, I feel like on stage and doing voiceover, I'm talking to a whole group of people usually. I have this, um, you, you have a more like uh, stage presence with those kind of things. I always feel that with narration, I think of myself as being your 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 smart friend who's telling you something just specifically to you, you know, sitting there in your living room or on the couch or or in your bedroom or wherever you happen to be watching the show. I'm just your friend who is just explaining this to you, just to you. I always feel like I'm only talking to one person and dealing with this one individual and getting this information to them as clearly as possible. And that's the way I play that. And um, it seems to have worked for me. I don't know if it would work for anybody else, but it seems to have worked for me. Well, you know, and, you know, in shifting from that and being that personable kind of person where, you know, you're talking directly to them, that's going to lead me to, you know, being on Last Man Standing, which is a fantastic comedy, and playing Chuck Larrabee and having that, I guess, that personal connection. Because the one beautiful thing about that show is I feel there is a character on that show for every single person watching that show to relate to. Um, how did you get involved with Last Man Standing? And, and I guess, how do you tackle that role of playing Chuck? That's hilarious. Um, I was... um. Like I said, I auditioned for the role, but I auditioned for it as a as a guest star, just as a as a single shot thing. And I didn't, it didn't occur to me that the character would actually recur, um, and then eventually that I would be a uh, regular on the series. Um, boy, you know what? The, the thing about Chuck, my wife says to me, and I don't know if I believe her, but she says Chuck is a lot like I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Except, except I have writers. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, I get. This, uh, I mean, have you ever been in a situation? Chuck says the stuff that you've always wished you had said in most most situations. He has the perfect comeback for all the stuff that you you were like, oh man, when he said that, oh, I should have said so and so. Chuck says it, and <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, Chuck is me, like amped up to another level, you know. And which is a lot of fun to play, you know. It's like, uh, um, you know, I, I really enjoy that part. Well, and like you said, he always has that last word, that last, uh, that that last moment, because a lot of times Tim will say something, and then right away Chuck follows right up with that the the final zinger. Just when you thought Tim had him, he always gets that last word in. I guess so that has to feel good that you always get that last moment there. Well, that's another thing I never expected. If you had told me. You know, like when I was on stage in like in the '90s, or when I was on camera in the Yachties doing whatever, if you had told me that I would have like chemistry with Tim Allen <laughs> on camera, <laughs> I really wouldn't have believed you. We really—I I don't know what it is. I just—we just get along. We work together really well. You know, we we bounce things off of each other really well. It it it, it really is. Uh, I don't know. We're we're a perfect foil for each other, and I really I really like that. I mean, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I never expected that to happen. 
Well, in working with this show too, I think the one thing that makes the show so great is it brings back that simple comedy, something that's very humorous, very fun, very almost all in the family in style, I feel a lot of times. And it, it brings something that's back to television that I feel has been missing. Um, you know, are you ever just taken back and amazed by how well re- received this show is and how many people just love it and actually sit down with their families and watch it as I do with my children? Oh, man, I am. T- I really am. It is all actually almost the only television show I feel safe watching it with my 12-year-old. I mean, not television show. I mean, in terms of, like, uh, primetime TV show, like something that comes on primetime television, that I'm like, you know what, I can watch this with my with my 12 year old daughter, and she would get what's going on in in this show, and some of it would actually be funny to her, you know, and so and that's a lot of fun to be able to sit down and watch a show with your family. Um, you're right, it does go back to this this that all in the family feel. And that feeling of those those sitcoms that had this gentle strength to them, where you know within the humor and within all the the silliness, there was also this uh, underlying theme of you know whatever is going on socially at the time, you know. And uh, that show, this show really does harken back to that, and really does a good job with it. Definitely, you know, and like you said, it is one of those where you feel safe watching it with with your children. There's never going to be a moment where you're worried about something getting blurted out or whatnot. And the humor in there, you know, like you said, you have writers and Chuck is, your wife said, is a lot like you. When you're on the set and you're working on this show, are there any, uh, I guess, off-screen hijinks and fun and camaraderie as a family that, you know, we're never going to see but you experience there with the entire cast? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't deny it. It's true. I mean, people are, you know, it's like any work situation. There are people who are, you know, joking around and want to, you know, not really practical jokes. I really haven't seen that, but we do. We joke around. We have a really, really good time backstage. And sometimes we have too good a time on stage with the audience there, and that uh, that also is kind of fun, you know, so, you know going up and forgetting lines and and just kind of playing around and doing something silly in front of the audience. That's always a lot of fun. Well, you know, and that's going to bring me back to, you know, you were working on the stage, you know, originally, as we discussed, and being in front of a live audience for a sitcom, I feel that you get that audience reaction and that instant gratification with everybody laughing and whatnot. You know, that's something that, you know, for a while in television um, wasn't the case. It was, you know, laugh tracks or, you know, single shot camera or whatnot. I guess, uh, do you feel at home, you know, with that stage background of just being there in front of an audience and feeding off the energy, knowing that they're all there watching you? For me, it's a different show with the audience there. It really is. They add so much to it when you're on stage uh doing uh, not not this show but just being on stage there's a chemistry that you feel with the audience you know where when they're there you know when they're with you you know when they're not with you you know when they're crying you know when they're happy you know when they're you know so much about them just because of the feel of what's going on in the room and you can feel the temperature change in the room and 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 where things go and and this harkens back to that for me, and which is why, you know, while I was here for years doing, you know, on-camera work, I'd never uh, done, uh, I'd done two audience shows before, 
And uh, I always loved it whenever I did, whenever I did. And this is just, this is just like it, pretty much. You know, it's, it, they, they add something to the show that you weren't expecting. They react to things that you didn't think they would react to. They react to things more than you thought they would at, at certain moments. They're usually ahead of you. They know what you're thinking before you say it. It's really great. I really love it. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing where I feel as a viewer, you can usually feel that energy as well. You feel that everybody is kind of game on, sometimes laughing at your own jokes, uh, you know, and you get that, that energy and that feel of having that live audience. And, you know, before we move on to something else, I guess with Last Man Standing, is there anything in Chuck's future or any future episodes that you can let us in on uh, that is coming up or are we just going to have to stay tuned? You are going to have to stay tuned because, quite frankly, I don't even know. <laughs> you know, you know, they, you know, I get the script a few days before. I get some hints of what might be happening, you know, from producers, and sometimes it doesn't quite work that way. But, <laughs> but you're gonna have to stay tuned. Well, you know, we know you're busy, a lot of things going on, but you know, so much stuff that you've done from stage work, voice acting, you know, Last Man Standing, you've been on Bones. I mean, so many great, great series, television, stage. I guess with that, for all fans of Jonathan out there, is there any final words that you'd like to leave out there for everybody tuning in who is a fan of all your work and everything that you've done? You know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a fan and, you know, Honestly, I mean, I, I want to say one more thing is that, you know, I was the original nerd. You know what I mean? I had, I was into Star Trek. I collected comic books. You know, I'm, in, I'm almost in my, you know, I'm in my late 40s right now. So, you know, I was, I was a nerd before it was cool. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I just want to say that, you know, we nerds need to stick together. You know what I mean? You know, and I just want to be be cool with that right there. And I just want to say thank you for being a fan of mine, if you are. Definitely. Well, it's our pleasure having you stop in and talk with us and, you know, take this trip through your career. And you're always welcome back anytime. And I'm sure everybody's going to be tuning in to, you know, see some more zingers that Chuck uh, can give uh, to Tim on Last Man Standing. So thanks once again. All right, man. Thank you. The simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Or Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander Wherever I I couldn't be fonder of my big home The bees are buzzing in the tree To make some honey just for me The bare necessities of life will come to you
Are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC eighty two. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault where we're always having a doggone good time. Well, we've gone into the throes of spring and cannot believe it's time to spring clean. Well, it sounds like I do that all the time down here, considering we have to make sure everything's in a nice, neat row. But looking ahead at what's going on and actually what's going up above, Jonathan Adams is actually in the DOD studios today, and I thought it would be a fabulous idea to go back to his early Disney starts as a minor role in a Disney film we may all love and remember from a series that continues to give us licks, wags, and a whole bunch of fun. That's right, Jonathan actually, not our Jonathan, Jonathan Adams. So it's gonna be a really awkward one. Jonathan, 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 Jonathan. Anyway, it's kinda like Uma and Oprah. I digress. Anyway, Jonathan actually started his career in the Bud series, Air Bud that is, and he was actually in the sequel. So to commemorate his first time here at Disney On Demand, as well as his first foray into our Disney films, and trust me, you can hear him, and I stress hear him, on many of the upcoming things that Disney has involved, namely Hulk and the Agents of Smash. If you're not watching that cartoon, shame on you. The Hulk needs more love, and quite possibly that's why he would not turn into the Hulk and be brooding in green if we gave him a little more love. Although it has been St. Patrick's Day, so he does fit in with anything. However, without further ado, let's get into Air Bud 2, or just Air Bud Golden Receiver. It's been a few years now as movies progress, and of course Josh has become the legal owner of Buddy. And as time goes on, Josh is experiencing teenage things. Angst, mother issues, taking out the dog, but other things that regard the family is that his mother, Jackie, is beginning to date Patrick. But if it weren't for his mother's choice in dating, we would not have discovered that Buddy is not only great at basketball, but one day, as Patrick throws a football innocently, Buddy actually catches it. And as luck would have it, Buddy and Zach 
are now a part of the junior high football team. On the sidelines, get it, sidelines, sports, you can tell I don't do a lot of sports, do ya? But anyway, on the sidelines, two rushing siblings named Natalia and Popov want to kidnap Buddy because they think he's a great circus act for their Russian circus. So while the Russians are trying to kidnap Buddy, Josh discovers that Patrick wants to propose to Jackie to be one big happy family. Josh, being a teenager, will not handle this and thinks that Patrick is trying to replace his father and runs away. Coaches always seem to be the one that are always standing beside you and have dis discovers that Josh is running away and explains to him that just because Patrick is coming into his life doesn't mean that he has to give up his original father and convinces him to come back home. But when he returns, he discovers that not only is Patrick gone, but Buddy is missing. So what does that mean for everyone? Well, of course, Josh is dismayed. In typical football fashion, the game must go on, but the final game that they're having to play is going to be without Buddy. But Buddy, being the special dog that he is, is able to help all of the other animals that were kidnapped by Natalia and Popov escape, and in doing so, with a little fun and frivolity, has the two placed into custody in the Russian embassy only after their van falls into a lake. And as luck would have it, Patrick is the one that finds Buddy as he's returning home and takes him to the game. Now that Buddy's back in the game, the Timberwolves are able to win and everything seems great. Score is being caught up, everyone's up and ready for the game until Buddy's tackled. And at this time, they're forced to play the game without him. But it's with Josh and his friend Tommy, through their teamwork and determination, they win the game. And as all teenagers do, when they realize that they've done something wrong, they try to correct to make things right for their family. And Josh comes up to Patrick before he decides to leave. And it's Josh who comes up to him and convinces him to stay and allows for Patrick to continue to date his mom. Nothing means more to a mother than her son's acceptance. And as a family gathering, they decide to go to a major football game in which Buddy sneaks out to play a few. As we know, this is a sequel to Air Bud, the original dog-gone sports player film, which we've already reviewed down here in the vault. This movie was actually released in August of 98 in theaters and did fairly well. Obviously, it did fairly well, considering that the, the following movies that come out are all direct-to-DVD, but are all as fun as the original and its sequel. I mean, to think that you can continually go on and find a sport that the dog can play, or the puppies can go out and have an adventure, I think it's a good franchise, not only for uh, sports fans, but those pet lovers as well. I normally get really excited when movies like this do come out on DVD, but needless to say, there is no Blu-ray release at this time. I know, sad, we don't get to see every hair on Buddy's back, but there is a DVD version, and most of them are still out and about that you can purchase as well. The sad part, there is only one 
special feature when it comes to this DVD. This special feature, called the Buddies Sports Channel, is basically the five puppies that you may or may not have seen in many of the newer Buddies films. They provide color commentary over football games that you saw in Golden Receiver. So it's kind of like an audio commentary for the movie, but just a little bit different. Could they have done more? Absolutely. I would have liked to have seen maybe some of the training that they've done. You know, maybe some behind-the-scenes footage, because everybody loves behind-the-scenes footage. But I can't complain. At least we have this film in archive on DVD for us to watch at any time. And you can't go wrong with a lot of the great celebrities that are within this cast. I mean, Tim Conway and Dick Martin, for one. Nora Dunn from Saturday Night Live. And, of course, NFLers Joey Galloway and Warren Moon. Seriously, this is a football lover's dream, a comedy lover's dream. I'm sorry, I still have a very big soft spot for Tim Conway. And an animal lover's dream, because truly, who doesn't love to nuzzle up to a nice, fluffy, golden retriever? So there you have it, Air Bud 2, Golden Receiver. You won't be disappointed in viewing this film. Well, gang, the popcorn's empty and the curtain's coming down. It can only mean one thing. It's time for me to say goodbye to you and all my company, but that doesn't mean that the tail wagging has to end there. No, no, we will be back again next week to discover what great and wonderful things are hidden down here in the vault for you on DVD and Blu-ray. So until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always a cold nose on your cheek and deep inside of you. Eighth grade women dig football players. When's next football practice? A boy looking to fit in. <laughs> a team looking for a miracle. Oh, we're dead. Oh, man. Now, the greatest three-point shooter ever to walk on four legs is tackling a whole new ball game. What's this? Got a new wide receptor for you. Now he's taking his team out of the doghouse and into the big time. Touchdown, Rep! Touchdown! How about that round apple? The most unlikely rookie is football's top dog. I tell you one thing, boys. That ain't no golden retriever. That there's a golden receiver. Air Buck, golden receiver, rated G. Hey, you guys, it's Kristen Fairley, the voice of Little Bear and uh, from the series Road to Avonlea, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Lop-eared mongrel, fancy free without a family tree. But he could up and do it, and prove there's nothing to it, and that's how a good dog should be. 
Here, yeller, come back, yeller. Best doggone dog in the West. Best doggone dog in the West. Old yeller was a hunter, a rare and tearing hunter. In any chase, he knew just how to run. <laughs> And when he hunted trouble, he always found it double. And that's when old Yeller had fun. Here, Yeller, come back, Yeller. Best dog on dog in the West. Best dog on dog in the West. Old Yeller was a fighter, a rootin' tootin' fighter. In any scrap he knew just what to do. A rough and ready feller, although his coat was yeller, his bold Texas heart was true blue. Here, yeller, come back, yeller, best dog on dog in the West. Here, yeller, come back, yeller, best dog on dog in the Alright, all of you D-heads, I am back and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It has been a fun ride and we are gearing up, making it fun. Green is the color of spring, tomorrow is the first day of spring and we have a lot of great things to be thankful for as now the warmer weather is going to be in the horizon. And I hope you enjoyed this week's show and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to our special guest here, Jonathan Adams, for stopping in here this week at the show. Great stories, great voiceover work, narration and more. And of course, I am excited to see just some more zingers between Tim and Chuck Larrabee on Last Man Standing. Thank you, Jonathan, once again for stopping in for all of our D-heads. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Nathan, Caitlin, and Jason, all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without the D-team, there would be no show, so definitely connect up with the D-team on DizRadio.com and show them your thanks as well, because they work very hard to bring these shows to you. And I'd also like to thank you, the D-heads. I want to thank all of you, because without you, there would be no show. You are the reason that we bring this show to you and help you relive your lifetime of Disney with the magic and memories. So thank you, all of the D-heads, for tuning in every single week and making the show what it is and having us press on for almost five years. Our five-year anniversary is coming up very, very soon. So thank you, the D-heads. So before I let you go and let you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, and let me tell you, it's a fun one, I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us all over the social media on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also join our brand new Facebook discussion group, the Diz Radio D-Wire discussion group, and you can find that on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, you can always subscribe to our latest shows right there on iTunes and Stitcher Radio just by searching Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue, and get the latest shows right there on your Android, your mobile device, stream it, you name it, and get the latest shows as they happen just by subscribing in iTunes and Stitcher Radio. 
So all of you D-heads, with that said, tomorrow is the first day of spring. A lot of great things on the horizon, so just how are we gonna celebrate kicking off into spring? It's something that makes me think of spring, and it's somebody that is connected with a variety of different things. You may know him from the Brady Bunch, Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies from the early 90s, as well as Stuffy from the brand new hit series, Doc McStuffins. We have none other than TV legend Robbie Rist stopping in here at the show. So all of you D-heads, get ready. Next week is going to be fun. And until then, enjoy the warmer weather. Enjoy spring, because Peter Cottontail is in the horizon. So as I let you go, as I always say, never neglect family for business. I will catch you online, see you all over. And instead of leaving you with make it a zippity-doo-dah day, make it magical, I'm going to leave you with this thought. Forget about all of that. Just go out there, make your mark, and stand out in the crowd. See you next week, all you D-heads. Take a look at me If the picture fits in your memory I've been dreaming by the rhythm Like the beat of a heart And I won't stop Until I start to stand out Stand out
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.